I remember going to my age nationals. Uh, I was 13 and I was obviously 100, 200 free. Um, my 200 free, I think I went 207, 100 free. I don't think I broke a minute. But the next year, I obviously had a pretty big growth spurt. Um, mm. And then I went 52 in the 100 and 155 in the 200 <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> at 14. So, and I wasn't really doing a lot of work. So I think that was the point where my coach team was just like, okay. Okay, yeah, it's back drop. That's cool. <laughs> he, might, he might have something here. You're a swimmer. Welcome back to the Circle Kick Podcast. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and joining us from down under, Alex Graham. What's up, Alex? G'day, guys. Um, not much. Just chilling out on a Wednesday. It's, it's actually been pretty good weather here, but it's a bit overcast, probably about 22 degrees on the Gold Coast. That's why I've got a jumper on, as you can see, a bit cold for the Queenslanders. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, is uh, I I, uh, I always associate uh, Olympics with summer. Of course, we call it the Summer mm-hmm. Olympics and the Winter Olympics. But for you guys, it's not actually Summer Olympics. Is that is that is that a bit strange? Yeah. Um, no, it's not too bad. You know, I think yeah, it's always still Summer Olympics for us, no matter where we are. So uh, it, it might be a bit strange this time around because Japan's kind of close in the scheme of things. Like it's only about a eight-hour flight or something. So. But then we are going over, so it's going to be summer over there. So that might be a little bit weird. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Luke. As you can see, Australia is not well known for the Winter Olympians. But I encourage you guys to look up the story of this Aussie speed track skater and how he won Olympic gold. It's one of the greatest (laughs) stories ever. Uh, Alec, that's a different topic. You know the story. I know know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) He is an Aussie legend. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to listen to that of how you won gold in the speed track arena. It's incredible. Yep. Well, let's yep. talk about what it takes. To, let's talk about what it takes to qualify for the Olympics. Anyway, you got you got a big trials coming up in a few weeks. Um, yep. Yep. That's true. Thoughts on trials? Uh, it's going to be yeah, interesting. It's been a, it's been a massive build up, honestly. Um, you know, it obviously dates back. I reckon to 2019, um, had a pretty good year that year and I was feeling pretty pumped um, going into everything. Um, and then, yeah, with putting some good times together and training in about that March period when everything got um, called off. So, you know, I had a little bit of a break after that and, yeah, kind of got back in the water. And, but, yeah, for me, it's been, yeah, almost 18 months to two-year build-up for this Olympics. Um, and I guess in that time, Australian... You know, my events, 100 and 200 freestyle, they're so competitive at the moment. Um, more so the 200 free. I know we've probably got, I reckon, 12 guys, maybe even more, that have the potential to get on that relay team. So, And our trials works, at, um, it, it changed a few years ago. So we've got um, just heat and final now. We used to have semis. but um, So it's going to be pretty swift in the morning to make that final. So, But, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I feel like I'm ready to ready to rumble. I've got a, another week and a half worth of rest. So yeah. Feeling so are you guys good. coming mornings, prelims in the mornings or prelims in the night to follow Tokyo? Yeah, prelims in the mornings this time around with just oh. normal schedule. Yeah. Um the last few meets we've done, we've done uh finals in the mornings, which yeah. has been interesting. Um and they've also been like shorter meets as well. So they've been three day meets. So it's been really quite difficult to back up. Um, from that heat final, uh, the morning final, sorry, into the night heat. 
So I'm kind of glad that we're doing um, heats in the morning, just kind of back to normal, back to the normal schedule. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. The Brits, the Brits, it took a 146 to make the top eight in the British trials. I, I want to believe. What what's it going to mm. take for, for top eight? Do you think to be to be comfortable? Yeah, well, I reckon the heats are going to be hot. So um, I'm prepping for 146s for the top eight, 100. Um, percent and that's definitely the plan. Um, I think you've got to wait and see who I've got in my heat, and um, you know what, well, whether in the first, second, or third seated heat. So, mm. but um, yeah, I reckon probably be very similar. You know, I think we're kind of similar at the moment in the 200 freestyle, the Brits and the Aussies. So yeah. So your top seed going in, like you said, there's only heats and finals. What's your strategy mm. in the heats? Is it all right? I'm going to try to. You know, you're the last heat of them all. Is it to take the heat, see where people stand ahead of time? Or like you said, you can't play it too cute without semis. Yeah, I definitely don't think I can, you know, as you said, play it too cute. Um, You know, I'm probably going to give it a fair whack in the morning. I like to do that anyway. Um, And I feel like at the moment I've done a lot of endurance-based work the last 18 months. I'm feeling fitter than I've ever been. So I definitely reckon I can pump out a pretty good swim in the morning and then go harder at night. And that's going to be the key, I think, because I'm assuming everyone's going to have to go, you know, balls to the wall um, in the morning. So it's going to be very interesting to see who can back up and produce in the final as well. Top seed, that come with some added pressure? I actually haven't, I haven't checked the rankings, but... Um, Number one. I Number one. You're number one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't really thought about it too much, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, I guess on the day it'll be fine. But yeah, I don't really read a lot into it with the ranking kind of thing because yeah, I find if I'm focusing on what other people are doing, then I'm not focusing on myself. So just kind of got to get out there and yeah, you know, do the best I can and stick to the race plan. And is it is it top two in the finals make the team and then? Definitely top four and hopefully top six make it for the relays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the top two will get taken if they go into the qualifying time and the Aussie qualifying times one forty five seven. So we've got to get two people under that, um, and then yeah, top. It's usually top six, but yeah, I don't know. There might even be room to take eight. To be honest, depending yeah. on how fast everyone goes, um, it's obviously up to the selection. I'm not even sure if they take taken eight before in the past, but yeah, it'd be cool if they did and we could, you know, flush out a whole heats team and get a brand new finals team in and rest everybody. But yeah, I think yeah. six, six for sure. So, yeah. Do you think about, uh, it's a little bit of a different uh, mental game, I think uh, with no semifinals and gauging what it takes to make it back. Um, and especially so, assuming what's posted online is right and you're going to be in lane four in the final heat and prelims, you'd have the advantage of, or disadvantage, depending on how you look at it, of being able to see your competitors, what they're doing, what they're racing. Are you the type of person that's going to you know, watch and kind of calculate in your head how many 146s that's been, how many 145s, uh, if any, and, you know, and, and have that shape the way that you think? Let's say, for example, that there haven't been any 145s there's only three 146s coming into the final heat. Are you comfortable or do you care? Um, look, I'm probably just seeing what everyone else is going to win the heats. Um, so, you know, they could be going 147s and then I'll 
probably feel pretty comfortable. But even even if they're going 146, it's kind of at the end of the day, I've got a race plan. I'm sticking to it. I'm confident in what I've done as well. So whether they're going 146s, 145s, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. I'm just going to try and probably get my hand on the wall first in the heat. That's got to be the aim. You guys got crowds? Is there, are they allowing spectators in Adelaide? Yeah. Yep. Yep. As far as I know, um, Melbourne, Victoria is in a lockdown at the moment because of the um, COVID. Um, so I think the you know it's a bit tough for them, but South Australia has actually shut their borders with Victoria. I don't know how it's going to affect the crowds or anything like that. And um, I'm, assu- I'm assuming their COVID cases are okay at the moment. So yeah, I think we'll have crowds. I'm not sure to what capacity, but yeah. I was talking to these guys earlier, and I was saying, you know, swimming, making an Olympic team and swimming in Australia is equivalent of making the basketball team in in America. It's it's just such mm-hmm. a high profile, you know, um, um, team to make. And those who were privileged to be, see swimming live in Sydney in 2000, and, and especially see the marquee events of the two three and the two and the four three, middle distance swimming in Australia. That's these are the events that you guys hold dear to your heart, don't you? That's what the crowd gets up for of any of the events. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've had some seriously good swimmers in the past that have done those events. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a bit of history in there. But I guess at the same time, you know, it's you know, we've also had awesome swimmers swim the 100 free and, you know, the 1500 free and, you know, backstrokers, yeah, yeah. butterflies. So but I think, it, yeah, it's kind of just where we're at at the moment. Um, yeah, the middle distance swimming in Australia is extremely strong. Um, probably has a lot to do with the coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some coaches are still around that used to coach back in the, those days as well. So, yeah, that's just where we're at. No Laurie Lawrence, Lucky Lane 6 guy, no more? <laughs> For those who are listening, no, no, Ron Seaburn no, and Hunter Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know the stories. We are actually in Townsville uh, recently on a training camp and Johnny Seaburn came and spoke to us. And oh, wow. Shared a bit of words of wisdom for us. That was actually really good. So, yeah. And it's good to get them. I think Swimming Australia do a really good job of getting those past athletes um, to come and speak to the current athletes. Yeah. Um, whether we're on teams and stuff like that, we have yeah a bit of dinners and we always get some special guests in to share their story, share their wisdom. So that's always pretty inspiring as well. What what did you pick up for those who are listening? I mean, you have one of the greatest upsets in Olympic history was the 1984 meter freestyle final with uh, Seaborn winning in Lane Six. What did he share with you? Anything that stuck with you? Yeah, he actually he said a few good things. Um, I wrote he wrote one that he said down on my notes, so I'll get that out. So I can find it. He said the pain of training goes away after one day, but the pain of missing an Olympics lasts four years. Mm-hmm. And that um you know, it stuck with me because I missed twenty sixteen. Um and I was actually a really good age group swimmer, um, and I thought I had a pretty good chance to make twenty sixteen. Um, and I just like we had semis back then, and I was ninth after the semis, so just missed the final. And if I had done a PB, I would have been on that Olympic team. So obviously, I kind of you know had to wait another four years and realise like this is what I want to do, make a few changes. So I can definitely relate to what he said to that. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess him as well. He came out and kind of said it's a confidence thing, like what you do in training. You know, you're going to take on the so you remember blocks you can know that you've worked your ass off um to get to where you are and that no one else is going to beat you on the day because you back yourself um and yeah i really took that as well away 
No, I mean, he showed it definitely, and then and four years later, Armstrong showed it, and then it, it continues. Mm. And you, you guys, you guys, it is grit, am I, John? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, one thing that we've been following obviously, ISL last year, trials coming up, other meets, but Australia has been a, a little closed off. You obviously, you guys didn't go to ISL. What's your racing been the past year and a half? How many meets have you had, and how much fine tuning do you feel is still needed before trials? Yeah, it's been interesting. We didn't do a whole heap of racing last year, obviously. Um, and because our states, the way they run is that they obviously kind of govern themselves rather than the whole country. So at different times, we've had different state lockdowns where, you know, people from Victoria can't get into New South Wales or people from New South Wales can't get into Queensland. So I guess September, I think it was last year, we had like a short course racing meet, but it was all virtual, so online. Um, and I'm just lucky, I guess, because, you know, I'm based in Queensland. A lot of uh, the majority of the Australian swimmers, you know, swim in Queensland. Um, so I had fairly competitive competition for that. Um, and then we've kind of had a meet, a long course meet, um, probably once a month now. Um, so we've all kind of, and most people around the country have come and competed at those. Um, I guess that kind of started in Qu uh, Queensland States in December. That was probably a big one for us because um, we had the whole, obviously that whole long period of time off. Mm -hmm. um, and then that was at the end of the year. So it was obviously a massive chance to, you know, test where, what we've done and, you know, test that little bit of endurance that we've built and uh, get that, you know, bit of racing twitch back. Um, that was really good. And then, yeah, it kind of started back February. We had our like national event camp. So we, you know, got all the Australian team and the, few of the juniors as well to come together. And we had a little racing meet off the back of that. Mm -hmm. um, in March, we had our New South Wales Opens. Um, April, wow. we had our Australian Championships on the Gold Coast. And then um, a couple of weeks ago, we had another meet in New South Wales. So we've definitely had a little bit of racing. Um, you know, it's hard though, because I feel like we're going to these meets and they're all exactly the same. You're racing the exact same people. Yeah. You, you know, you everyone's got the same race plan every boring. time they go. And so, you know, it's a little bit repetitive. And I kind of felt that in that in the May meet. I didn't particularly want to go, but, you know, you got to go and get a little bit of race stimulus as well. So We're used to seeing Aussie stateside come in a race at Pro Swim Series, you know, Grand Prix. Um, do you feel like that's been, you know, to shake up, you know, the schedule, like you're talking about racing the same people. Do you feel like you've missed that this year? Yeah. You know, it's always good to go and get away for a little bit and, you know, get some new stimulus in. Um, so it's probably been missed a little bit, but, you know, we, there's nothing really we can do about it. And, you know, we're adapting to what we can do. So, yeah, while we would love to do that and we would love to go and race at different places, and like, you know, we would go to Japan and, in previous years as well and do some racing there so but you know we've tried yeah i think swimming in australia have actually done a really good job to put on meets for us and mm. but yeah we'll have to i think everyone's pretty keen to you know get away and especially see our mates from overseas and you know get a bit of racing in with them so it'll be good i think it'll be cool for there to be a crowd at a swim meet and for that to feel different <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like for so long you've been at these meets where it's like you can hear a pin drop and it's might as well you have practice. I mean, yeah, you have your teammates up in the stands maybe, but I imagine like you come to trials and it's like, whoa, I haven't had this in a while. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. And I've heard that, you know, the pool's looking really good. And yeah, hopefully they get a few people in there. So it'll be good. 
Yeah, and I heard uh, Jeff Bezos is bringing Amazon in for you as well. Is that <laughs> got some buzz going around Australia, or is that just kind of That's crazy? Whatever. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty excited about it. Um, it's been a bit hard for swimming in Australia in the recent years to actually secure a bit of broadcast. Um, yeah. I feel the last recent World Championships haven't been broadcast at all, um, so it's been a bit tough there. So for Amazon to come on and do this for us is fantastic, and they've actually um, they did a bit of recording and have done a little docu- documentary series uh, following a few people, obviously leading into these trials and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, yeah, they put out as well. It's good, help grow the sport and hopefully get it back to what it was in the early 2000s because it was, yeah, one of Australia's, Australia's top sports in the nation. So yeah. I never forget coming out of the subway in, in Sydney and seeing the entire skyscraper splattered with a poster must be Thorpe or somebody like a whole building yeah. with a swimming photo and all the escalators down into the subways were swimming it was it was the equivalent of michael jordan being on a poster here it was nuts so mm-hmm. john you know you spent a month in the gold coast it's it's, it's yeah. bold yeah, it's crazy. exactly yeah. definitely uh they're building the common i think the the commonwealth pool when i was over there and uh obviously a huge swimming nation i mean alex can speak on that but it was intriguing to hear you kind of mention that i don't know are you implying that it's kind of dipped a little since 2000 just the the popularity of, or the public interest of swimming yeah i think so look i don't really know what's happened but yeah i guess as i said it's been a bit of a struggle to get some broadcast and maybe you know our results in previous olympics you know haven't been as great as what they were you know in the early 2000s um so maybe it has been a little bit hard and you know we've got other sports um in australia that kind of rule roost here you know like football is such a massive thing here and you know i guess with the introduction of those like other streaming services and you know sports are so easily accessible these days and because swimming you know the olympics only really happens once every four years and that's what you know australians will only really watch swimming for um so you know it's a bit hard to stay in the public light i guess and uh but yeah hopefully we can kind of turn things around i think the aussie team you know we're in a pretty strong position at the moment we're coming off the back of a really great 2019 uh world champs um so yeah i think with amazon getting on board and the olympics being broadcast here and i think a lot of people are going to be watching it because it's obviously obviously a delayed olympics so yeah hopefully we can kind of Get that push for swimming again. Well, let's see how Alex Graham did. Go ahead, John. Sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to watching it on Amazon. I'm intrigued to know if you think what will help tip it. Will a four by two men's gold medal tip it over? And how are you guys feeling about that relay? Ooh. Yeah, I would love to say so. Um, all, you know, all our relays are in such an awesome position um, at the moment. You know, as I said before, like that 2019 Worlds, we kind of cleaned up a little bit in the relays and that's, you know, credit to everyone, you know, all the Australian swimmers. But yeah, the 4 by 2 will be interesting. Um, we're feeling pretty confident about it, but we've obviously still got to go to trials and put it together. Um, you know, coming off the back of 2019, uh, but we, you know, we've just seen the Brits swim unbelievably fast. So we're going to have to get in there and match them. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, Olympics is a whole different ball game. You kind of got to show up on the day and perform and race. But, um, you know, thinking about that 2019 Worlds, there was, what, five teams all within about yeah. a second or two yeah. seconds of each other. So, one, seven or two, yeah. I, th- I, 
I think it's going to be a really, really good race. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I'm excited for it. What why, do you think, why do you think we haven't seen a breakthrough in the 200 free in mm. terms of time? Mm. It's interesting. Um, I'm not 100% sure, really. Because um, I guess we, we're seeing a lot of people drop those you know, times just under 146 and yeah. the 145s that hasn't really seemed to progress from there, which is, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. I think I've watched a few finals and even at the Worlds and it, it kind of just seemed like a lot of people were racing off each other. Mm. Um, I think maybe people are trying, you know, they're taking into account what one person's doing and they're trying to, you know, race, you know, they're forgetting about their own race plan and trying to race the way they do it. And they're racing into other people's hands, really. I, it's, yeah, and I love, I actually watched um, Duncan and Dino swim their 144s, and I absolutely love the way they did that. You know, they were out fast, yeah. they were out really fast, and that's a tactic of mine. I love doing that, and um, I think that's obviously what it's going to take. And I've also, you know, watched um, Yannick from 2012, almost the perfect swim, I would say, and that's a 143.1. I think I actually think this year we're going to be pushing a one one forty three to uh to get a gold, and I would love to see it. Um, and I think people are now realizing with all these one forty fours coming that, you know, it's it's now or never. So yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll wait and see what happens. But yeah, what does that translate to? What are you what are you aiming for in terms of splits? What are you out in? What are you back in? Got to be fifty point, I think. Um, and for me, I've done a lot of, a lot of work on my back end things. So, you know, 50 point, 54, 54 low, getting into the 53s would be pretty, pretty good. So I think, you know, that's shaping up for a pretty good time. So that's got to be the aim. Yeah. Like you said, the tuner free is as much a, I think a head game or battle as any race where you have, like you said, people going out fast. A lot of the scientists will say the issue with the 200 is people just going out too fast, getting lost in the race, and uh, allowing the ever popular Sun Yang just to kind of slide by that last 50 because he's doing more like a 51 53 strategy where everyone else is going 49 mm. 50 than whatever they have left. Um, how yeah. much of a head game do you like to play? Do you like to be out first at the 50? And how much does that change within the race? Hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, for me, I've. I've actually made the mistake too many times of watching what everyone else is doing mm. and, you know, trying to base my race off that. I remember at um, 2018 Commonwealth Games, I did that exact thing in the final. Um, and I was probably, I was in probably career best shape at that point. Um, and, you know, I, I watched everyone and then I probably had a really good last 50. And I think when my last 50 is really fast, it means I obviously didn't give it enough gas in the first 150 metres. Um, and that's my, my game plan is always to be out fast. I've got, I've got to race people like Kyle Chalmers and Matt Horton that have, you know, their back ends are unbelievable. So, you know, I've got to be out fast. Otherwise, you know, I'm not giving myself a chance. So, yeah, I think <laughs> I'd love to be out fast. But, you know, I've been trying to do that. And the last meet I did, I, you know, gassed myself at the 150 and I was crawling the last 30 metres. But, you know, I'm going to back myself here. But... Yeah. What do I look for when I see you swim? I'm not looking at the time. Don't don't tell times. What I look for when I know yeah, Alex is having is he's on. What what do I what do I look for as race goes along? 
hips, elbows, tempo? Yeah, I think when I'm swimming well, I love, I'm kind of swimming on top of the water. I've got a pretty strong, strong kick behind me. Um, but I'm just going off what I'm feeling in training. But, you know, there's a massive difference. And when I am on, yeah, I'm sitting on top of the water. I've got that bow wave going behind me. Um, turns will be good. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I know when I start to tighten up, you know, I've got short arms, I'm kind of throwing my arms forward and mm-hmm. that'll probably tend to happen the last 15 metres or so when I'm just trying to get my hand on the wall. But um, yeah, hopefully what you're looking for is, you know, looking pretty strong, sitting on top of the water, nice long strokes. So yeah. Like you said, watching your races, you tend to go out pretty fast. Mm. At least in the 200, that is. What what are you thinking or what are you focusing on that last 50 to ensure that you are, you know, keeping your stroke together, maintaining that DPS and all those things? Holy hell, this hurts. Get me home. No. coming for me. Like that. <laughs> the last few races has definitely felt like that. Um, honestly, I'm just trying to keep everything together. Um you know, with my race strategy, you know, I know where I need to be and I know how it's meant to be feeling. And I, you know what, I'm, I've accepted the fact that this 200 free is going to hurt, right? So it's going to hurt no matter what. 200 free is not an easy race. Um, even if I'm going easy to the 100 meter mark, it's still going to hurt in the back end. So what, I may as well, you know, send it at the front end and yeah, just have the same amount of hurt. Um, but I guess, yeah, coming off the wall, I'm, um, just trying to keep my underwater is exactly the same. Um, and I've been doing a lot of practice of just keeping things consistent in training. And I think obviously that translates um, to racing at the end of the day. But yeah, that last 50 is just going to be head down, get to the wall. Is your 100 first or the 200 first at trials? 200. Yeah, 200 first. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Any pressure in the 100? Is, is that to enjoy you just, the event you just enjoy? And you just you just race it and you go for it. How's your hundred? I would love a little bit of pressure actually, but um, yeah. usually because the two hundred's first, and you know I've had pretty good swims in the past in the two hundred free, so and I've kind of qualified for teams and stuff, so I feel like the pressure's kind of been lifted after that. Yeah. Um, but I do like the hundred, and I feel I also feel like I've struggled to put a good hundred together in the past. Um, whether it's race plan or you know I haven't really done a whole heap of hundred work. And it's a bit of a different stroke for me. So, yeah, look, I might have to put a little bit of pressure on myself for this, mate, because I definitely want to be a part of those relays and I really want to push a, a good time, a time that I know that I'm cap- capable of as well. So, yeah. You've gone 48 high uh, a few couple of years ago. Are you stronger? Are you leaner? You changed stuff? Are you worked on something different? What's going on with your sprinting? Yeah, I've definitely done a bit of work in the gym. Um, the start of this year, I put on a bit of size, um, which probably wasn't a good thing, actually. But, uh not for the 200 anyway, so I had to kind of lean down a little bit. But, you know, I'm actually feeling quite light. Um, uh-huh. We did a lot of, you know, endurance aerobic work um, pretty much all of last year and the start of this year. And now that we're starting to work on some speed, I'm starting to feel quite fast in the water. And I guess it's more about trying to get my rate up and get that feel of being on top of the water um, more than anything. And, yeah, it's going to be just about, you know, kind of getting out fast but not overdoing myself. I think sometimes I tend to overdo it on the way out and I haven't left anything coming back because I guess I just get excited that it's 100 metres. Um, so I think the thing for me is just going to be hammering that wall and, yeah, seeing what I can push on the way back using that, that aerobic 
um, base that I've built. How do you manage taper? So you're a couple of weeks out now. I don't know if you're two or two and a half from your first race, but what you, I'm sure you know what's uh what's what's the game plan look like from here? How how much have you started to come down already, and what's left? Yeah, we're about I think I'm about 11 days out from the two and a three. Um, we kind of went out, started winding it down uh, about Monday last week, so probably about three weeks. But you know we're still kind of keeping some meters up. Um, it's more just like about recovery now. Um, I've got a bit of size about me. Like I'm throughout the season, I'm weighing 90, anywhere from 95 to 98 kilos. Um, you know, I'm kind of leaning up now, which is good. Um, it's pretty much just about resting my body uh, more than anything. Um, I'm definitely not doing as much intensity mm-hmm. in the pool at the moment, but I'm kind of ensuring that I'm doing something fast every time I hit the water, keep that, you know, those twitch muscles firing up. Um, you know, we have a bit, have a bit of quality last week. We had a bit of a, bit of a tough one Thursday afternoon. Um, and then this week we might do some broken swim, stuff like that. But from here on out, yeah, pretty much just keeping the meters up and keeping the feel for the water, but yeah, just getting a bit of rest in there as well. What was that that you guys did? That was pretty tough two and a half weeks out. Yeah. Um, we did a, it was a suited session. And we had a 200 push, and it was meant to be about 30 to 20 beats below max. Um, that was about on five minutes. And off the back of that, we did 450s push um, descend into pace minus. Yeah. So I think I was descending down to about 24s, 24 low on the last one. And then we did maybe like a 100 swim off. And then we did two push 100s um, at 200 back end. And then, yeah, and then off the back of that, maybe 200 swim down. And then what do we do? We did 150 kind of aerobic, about 30 below again, and then a push push 50 max. So that was our, yeah, had a little bit of work that Thursday and it definitely hurt. Had a bit of lactate in me. So, so that was good. You know, put together some good swims there and got a bit of confidence off the back of it. So, yeah. Who's that with Elijah Wellington and those guys? Who's at, who's at Bond? Are you training at Bond under Scarce? Who's who's your team? Who's your yeah group? under Richie? Yeah, um, we just actually moved to Miami um, a few weeks ago. Richie got a head job there, which is good. But um, at the moment, it's me and Clyde Lewis, um, and we got a few young guys coming through as well. Um, Elijah moved from our squad last year and went to um, train with Dean Boxall at St Peter's. Um, but then we, yeah, we obviously got Clyde uh, at the start of this year. So that's been, yeah, pretty good as well. All right, let's keep diving into sets because swimming loves talking practices and sets. So we talked about what you've been doing, some of the, the harder ones. Is that something that you'll do leading up or a little closer to the meet? Or what is something that we, that you know, you know, it's a taper set that's coming that you know you're looking forward to and you'll feel dialed in for? Mm. Well, I know we've got a broken two coming up at some point. It's usually about 10 days out. So I'm assuming we'll do that tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, which is usually depending on, well, yeah, depends on how I'm feeling really. But if it's a 150 and a 50, or it could be two, like a dive 50, push 50, push 100. Um, and I'll aim to be pretty fast in the past. You know, I've put together some good, broken swims and that's given me a lot of confidence and especially with my race plan I've really aimed to be out quite fast if we're doing a 150 um so it'll be interesting to see tomorrow 
Um, I've got a couple of goal times in mind that I, hopefully I can hit. So I'm, look, I'm actually looking forward to it. And other than that, it's going to be about just touching on the pace. Um, I'll probably do some 200 pace on 200 pace work on the weekend, and then maybe a bit of t- speed work. So dive 25, push 25 a few times. Um, that'll be next week, and then pretty much by Thursday I travel to Adelaide. So be pretty you know, wound down by then and we won't be doing too much. We'll maybe touching on some descend hundreds, maybe three or something like that before the meet. And yeah, then it's kind of all systems go. I mean, Luke and I are talking about doing a broken 200, broken every 10 meters with about four minutes rest on each one. So if you're in 150, I'll do a best broken is blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> well, depending on how fast you're doing, if you're doing it as, as hard as you can, it might be no, 30 seconds. Tough. You know, 30 seconds on 10 meters, you know, nothing crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got some size on them, too. Don't worry. Yeah, we're trying to slow down for the season here. <laughs> hey, I want to know how you think about, um, you know, in a an extended Olympiad being the fifth year and, you know, your experience at trials four years ago. Um, how do you, how do you approach an, an Olympic trials and not put all the weight on your shoulders? Uh, what are you, what are you doing to prepare mentally? Mm. You know what? It's been tough. Um, especially because, you know, I was in a really, really good mindset last year when, um, it all got canceled and we had to go into a bit of a lockdown. Um, so I definitely, kind of struggled with that initially um but it was good because i ended up going home my family lives in victoria so went home and spent a, spent a bit of time with them and you know got a bit of perspective on everything and kind of reset um like the build-up has been long so and as much as you try not to think about it you know sometimes it's it's all i can think about and other times i'm pretty good where you know, i'm not really thinking about it all i'm thinking about other things and taking my mind off and you know, thankfully, those times have outweighed the times where I am thinking about it all the time. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm definitely going to have a bit of nerves. I doubt about that. And, you know, I'm trying to qualify for my first Olympics. Um, so it's obviously something I've, you know, dreamt about doing and it's become a real possibility for me in the last few years. So, you know, I think I'm in, pretty, I'm in a pretty good mindset. And I think one of my strengths is actually my men- the mental side of things, like, I do get nervous and I think about it a little bit, but at the same time, I'm, I'm really confident in my ability. I'm confident in the training that I've done the last, you know, however long in the build-up. So I think on the day, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it seems like there's two schools of thoughts too when it comes to, um, you know, how to approach it. It's like use the the good nervous energy and the gravity of the moment is important for you to understand. A lot of times people make this case about like, is it important to have something outside of swimming maybe after the meet, like that you're moving on to, or, you know, just balancing out your life, et cetera. But then others are saying like, no, if you have that, then, you know, then, then you're giving yourself an out and a reason to fail. And so you should put all of your eggs in, in the basket of like the swim meet is it. And I do this. Um, you seem to be like, you know, open to the the side of things where, you know, not everything needs to be all about swimming, but how do you think about it? Yeah, I'm, I would definitely not be the type of person that puts all my eggs in one basket. I love to have stuff outside of swimming and I've always been that way. Um, I guess like one of my first coaches, Gene, Gene Jackson, he coached me for a while as a junior. Um, he was a big believer in that. He never really pushed me um, to be, all swimming you know like I had a 
a good social life and I had mates outside of the pool that I could kind of get away from and think about other things and I've kind of kept that my whole life and you know I, I find that really helps if I focused on just swimming I would I feel like I would go crazy because I'd be sitting you know sitting in my apartment just thinking about the next session and I've actually done that the last little bit like I'm usually studying I'm last year start, or started 2019 I started my master's so I was doing a bit of study but I've actually you know taken some time off leading into this prep um I've actually found myself some days being like, oh, God, I'm just thinking about swimming too much. Um, but at the same time, I've really got a close set of mates that I can kind of rely on and escape, escape, do different things. So, yeah, I think I'm definitely the type of person that likes to have stuff outside of swimming because, you know, otherwise, as I said, I'd go crazy, I think. All right, so maybe you're not Queen's Gambit laying on your bed saying like the black cross over your bed when you're falling asleep. You said you have <laughs> to kind of clear your head, but we all have moments, especially during 2020, where you're by yourself, you know, your thoughts are ruminating in your head. Do you have any strategies mm -hmm. just to kind of help calm you or to kind of distract yourself from having that, you know, maybe anxiety or extra focus on the racing? Yeah. Uh, not so much strategies, I guess, but you know, I just like to, otherwise I'll probably just whack on a TV show or something like that and try and take my mind off it. Like whether I'm watching reruns of the office or something like that, you know, been watching parks and recreation recently. So that's been taking up a bit of my time or, you know, reading a book or something like that. Um, that's probably, yeah, the only really thing I'm thinking about, but at the same time, I think the swimming kind of takes care of itself in a way. Like obviously I have moments where I'm lying in bed and I'm looking up at the ceiling and I'm just thinking about, holy shit, I've got to, you know, try and make an Olympic team here. Like, oh, I've never done this before. I'm extremely nervous. And then, you know, the heart rate rises a little bit, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, it's a while away. It's going to take care of itself. Like if it happens, it happens. You know, I kind of like to keep things pretty chill. So definitely. I won't ask you what office character you are, but what office character is Clyde Lewis? <laughs> Look, I'm going to have to think about this, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clyde, eh? He could be a bit of a creed, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I find creed hilarious, you know, and he, and he comes up with some pretty random things. So no, We need creed on the show. Yeah, Alex, I wanted to get in a bit about where you started and, and, and how you grew up and, and got into the sport, because I mean, a lot of people on, in this, on a show know the American's perspective. And, you know, sometimes you may get lucky to join a club a year round. You start off what they call a summer league team here. I mean, how did you get into sport? What was your life like growing up? You were born in the 90s and, you know, mm -hmm. when you were six or seven, that's when, you know, Thorpe was taking off and Hackett was big and you guys were rocking. Just talk about what was life growing up and how you got into the sport. I'd be interested from the Aussie perspective. Yeah, well, I have two older sisters. Um, I feel like as a kid, I was probably following them around a little bit. Um, my parents were also good. They kind of got me into everything. Um, I was a pretty active kid and I feel like I was had a bundle of energy all the time. So mm -hmm. I was... I found myself doing a whole bunch of different sports. Um, you know, I did a lot of AFL, which is Australian football. Um, you know, cricket is a big thing in Australia. So I did that. Um, I did a little bit of tennis, a little bit of basketball, you know, I tried my hand at everything. 
Um, and I think honestly, I just kind of took to the water. Um, yeah. Nice cricket ball, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I remember obviously I was, yeah, as I said, kind of following my sisters, and they did a little bit of competitive swimming. I feel like I was maybe eight or nine, and I just kind of gone to this our local club night for the, the club that I was at. I couldn't really swim that far, so they got me to put fins on and do a 25-meter butterfly with fins. And the way mum and dad tell it, they just say that I dove in and I just took off down the pool. So I guess like <laughs> I kind of found my calling, found my calling there. Um, but as I said a bit earlier, I never really got pushed into swimming at all. Um, you know, I moved schools when I was about 12 years old, and at that point I came came across Gene Jackson, who was coaching out of my high school, um, St. Kevin's College in Victoria. And he obviously kind of saw something in me then um, and he kind of took me under his wing, I guess. And I was training with all these older guys and, you know, I really started to enjoy it and challenge myself a little bit more. But at the same time, I was still doing, you know, other sports. So I played AFL until I was 15 years old and I played cricket till the same age, 15, 16. Um, You know, and at that point, I think Gene was like, he didn't want to push me too hard too early, which I really appreciate looking back on it. Um, but I think he kind of he kind of said to me at that point, you know, it's time to get rid of these other sports because you can really give swimming a crack here if you want it. Um, I remember going to my age nationals. Uh, I was 13 at the time. Or maybe I was, yeah, I think I was, I was 13. And I was obviously 100, 200 free. Um, my 200 free, I think I went... 207 maybe and I got maybe 14th or 15th 100 free I don't think I broke a minute and or maybe maybe I just got under but the next year I obviously had a pretty big growth spurt um, mm. and then I went 52 in the 100 and 155 in the 200 <laughs> <laughs> at 14 so and I wasn't really doing a lot of work so I think that was the point where my coach team was just like okay he might he might have something here you're a swimmer <laughs> yeah. and so yeah i kind of gravitated towards that and obviously i really enjoyed it because i was having a lot of success with it as well like you're going to enjoy everything that you're successful at um especially at that age um and yeah kind of just took off from there honestly um put in a little bit more work but i was never really working ridiculously hard like the stuff that we were doing gene was a very different had a very different style of coaching. Um, he was extremely good mentally to get me where I was, like the stuff. He had a, for sure he had a master's degree in sports psychology as well. So, you know, always knew how to get the best out of me on any given day. But we would only ever train once a day, um, Monday to Saturday. I wasn't doing any gym until I was about 18. Mm. Um, and I actually ended up making an Aussie team off the back of that program. So in 2013, um, I just turned 18 and qualified fifth in the 200 free. I went 147.2. And that was off training six times a week. Um, yeah, doing that kind of work. So kind of took off from there. Um, I went to Worlds that year. Gene actually wanted me to go to Junior Worlds um, and compete there. And that was 2013. I think that was the year that Mac went and carved up Junior Worlds, won about six or seven goals, which is fantastic. But so Gene wanted me to do that and me being the really wise 18 year old yeah. that I was, I said, stuff that I'm going to senior worlds. I'm taking my opportunity here. 
Because, <laughs> you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Did that. And I just never really, um, I don't think I really realised what it was like to be a part of a senior team and mm. kind of put a lot of pressure on myself as a young kid. Um, I was like, all right, I've really got to perform here. Otherwise, you know, everyone's going to think I'm, you know, I'm nothing, you know, just another, just another kid that's come around kind of thing. And yeah, put a lot of pressure on myself. And obviously, yeah, I didn't have a great swim. I think I split 149 off the fly in the four by two. And we missed the final that year in the four by two. And I reckon I just put all that on me mm-hmm. as an 18 year old. And so I kind of came back from that experience and I was like, I don't really want to be a swimmer anymore. Wow. <laughs> it's like maybe it's not maybe it's not for me. You know, I lost I lost all my confidence that I built as a junior wow. swimmer. So, and you know, in hindsight, if I had to go into junior worlds, so I could have potentially like the times that I was doing at that time, def- like I would have potentially come away with a couple of gold medals and mm-hmm. built that confidence up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so took a bit of time off after that, and Gene actually had to call me and he said, "Are you coming back to the pool?" Yes. <laughs> and I was like, "Well." I don't really know. And he goes, come on, just come back in. We'll, we'll focus on Commonwealth Games next year. Like, we'll just get you back in the water. That was 2014. And I thought that I'd done a whole lot of good work leading into that. Um, and for Commonwealth Games, making an Australian team is a little bit harder for a relay. They take top four instead of top six. And that year I finished fifth in the 100. Mm. So just missed another team. Wow. And obviously that was another confidence hit. Um, and I actually started looking at, um, coming to going to the U S for college. I was going to ask you, um, there was a couple of, um, colleges that I was talking to that were pretty interested. Um, and that was the thing for me. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I actually went over to a USC and did the LA invite in 2014. Mm-hmm. I was feeling really good off the back of that. And then I ended up going maybe 153 or something in the 200 mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of, I just kind of had a breakdown and was just like, look, what am I doing? Like, do I really enjoy doing this kind of thing? And it was a real struggle for me at that time. Um, I thought I kind of embarrassed myself in front of all these colleges and all this stuff. So, and then I guess, thankfully, Swimming Australia kind of realized that and they actually helped me out quite a bit. Um, They directed me to go up to the Gold Coast. Um, I got a scholarship to Bond Uni on the Gold Coast, um, which was, you know, next best thing to getting you know, going over to the States, but, you know, I'm only two hours away from home and I get to live on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess after that, the thing, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a social guy, you know, I like to, I kind of embrace the uni lifestyle. I was living on campus and, you know, thought I was kind of working pretty hard at the time. And this is leading into 2016 Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, and at the time I was like, yeah, I'm working pretty hard here. I'm, I'm doing all the right things. But at the same time, I was, you know, going out on the weekends, catching up with my friends, yeah. doing stuff like that. And then obviously missed the team in 2016. And I was like, oh, I swear, I, you know, I was training really hard. What, what am I doing wrong kind of thing? And the thing that was a turning point for, for me in my career was I was actually over in the U.S. Um, we were doing a meet over there. It might have been the U.S. Open in Minneapolis that year. Um, and the meet had finished. And the Australian team had just started swimming at the Olympics in Rio. And one of the guys that I grew up, you know, grew up in Victoria with, um, you know, all the way through juniors, we were really good, good mates and everything like that. Um, he just happened to win gold in the 400 metre freestyle that night. And uh, 
that was a massive turning point for me because I watched this race and I watched one of my great mates, you know, get up there and win a gold medal. And I was like, you know what? Like that is so special. And to watch that happen, that that's what I want to do. I want to go to an Olympic Games. I want to represent my country at an Olympic Games. I think from that point on, I kind of came home and I was like, all right, I'm going to do whatever I can to do this. Like now, it's now or never. Now, I guess I was, how old was I? Maybe 21 at that stage. So still pretty young, but definitely older. And I've matured a lot more now. Like I'm 26 now. So I moved squads and I said, where's the best place for me to go on the Gold Coast? Um, and for me, that was with Richard Scarce. Um, he just had Cam McAvoy going 47-0 and 145. Um, at that time as well, we had Tommy Fraser Holmes um, come over and moved to Bond at a similar point that I moved over. So I had these two guys that I really looked up to um, to watch and train with. And I learned a whole lot from watching these older guys and the way they approached training and what they were doing in the pool. And I was like, okay, well, I've got to do that. So I've got the, both these guys going 145 and the 203. It's like, okay, these are the times that I've got to go. So I slowly, slowly started doing that and setting goals for myself in training. Um, got back on the team in 2017. I think I got bronze at that year's trials. So I think I you know, went right on my PB, which I hadn't done in four years. So for me, that was like a comeback. I was like, wow, I'm back. Here we go. Let's get the ball rolling now. And I guess ever since then, you know, I've just taken confidence, confidence, confidence. And what I've learned is just to, you know, set goals for myself in training. And I, you know, I get a lot of confidence out of the stuff that I'm doing in the pool at training. Um, and, you know, I can get behind the block and honestly say that I back myself here. I'm not going to worry about whoever else is in the race. I'm not going to worry about the outcome. As long as I have a process, I'm going into these races, knowing what I've got to do and executing that plan. I know that it's going to be a good time if I do that. And I guess, yeah, the last few years, it's kind of come together every single year, just keep doing the same thing. Obviously change up a couple of things and try and execute different strategies. But yeah, I think I'm now in a place now where I'm a really you know, confident swimmer and yeah, I can get behind the block and not worry about what anyone else is swimming. Um, as I said before, I tend to get stuck, sucked into what other people in the races are doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as I said before, the turning point for that was Commonwealth Games where I think in the final, I went 147 flat maybe. Um, I went 146 at the trials. And then a couple of days later, we had to do a time trial um, for the four by two because there was no heat. So, and we had maybe five or six guys that could potentially be in the top four. So they got three of us to do a time trial for two spots um, on the team for the four by two. And at that point, I was a little bit annoyed because I was like, you know what? Like, I've just won the final at a Commonwealth Games. Like, have I not done enough to get my spot yeah. on this team? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I was in that mindset for maybe a day. And then afterwards, I was like, well, I've got another chance here to see what I can really do. It's going to be a bit more of a relaxed environment. There's no crowd there because we did it once the crowd had gone home. Mm -hmm. So let's really see what I can do. Let's see if I can execute this race plan. And I ended up going 145.6 there in that relay that was electronic timing so second and a half faster i would have got silver at the commonwealth games i think that year um and after that i pretty much came away from that swim and i was like i don't think i'm ever going to watch <laughs> what other people are doing in a race again you know i've and now i've just got to back myself and know that if i do the right things in the race and execute my own race plan it's going to take care of itself 
and anyone beats me on the day, well, and you know that's fantastic. And congrats to them. But I just do what I got to do. Alex, Alex, you sound um, the guys. I don't know if you hear Gustavo Borges when you just said. But Gustavo said the exact same thing. He says, I get up in the blocks, I'm not stressed. I put the work in. I know what I've done. And you know what? If I get beat in a day, they were better than me in that day. I can't stress about that. I'm relaxed because mm. I put the work in. I'm confident. That's exactly the words Gustavo is saying what you just said, dude. Kudo. Yeah. I want to yeah. know when the swim uh, goggle company is going to come out with the the same thing as horse blinders, where you turn to the right and it's all black, but you can only see below you and straight forward in your lane. Rear mirrors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could change the law. They, they're kind of going the opposite way, really. Some of the goggles yeah. are like, they're making it more visible on the side. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. At the same time, like I feel like half the time I'm swimming with my eyes closed as well sometimes. like It's kind of like, head down, like breathing, and then obviously like kind of looking up like that. But I mean, uh, thanks for sharing that story. I think that was huge. And I think it's one that a lot of swimmers can relate to. And a lot of parents or elite youth swimmers need to hear because I think it's somewhat of a, a story that they can relate to. So, you know, if you go and talk with, you know, youth kids or, you know, let's say a junior national team, what type of things would you tell them to maybe learn from your experience? You know what? It would be very similar to what I said, but it would just be to about, just be about enjoying the experience more than anything. Um, I think in my early days, as I said, I put a, a whole heap of pressure on myself. That first world championship team, you know, I was 18. I should have just gone in and been like, this is sick. Embrace it. You know, whatever happens, happens. But I didn't. I put a whole heap of pressure on myself and my performance went backwards. And I think when I made my comeback, well, come back when I made the Australian team four years later in 2017, I thought to myself, you know what, just go out and enjoy the experience. And I think that was, uh, yeah, that was the Budapest world champs. I remember walking out to my races and just looking at the crowd. The crowd was awesome. It was a massive stadium. It was really cool. And just like kind of hyping myself up off the fact that you're there and enjoying the experience, just like a bit of life experience. So I guess, yeah, what I kept, like what I tell young kids is just, you know, to at the end of the day, you got to back yourself, but you also got to love what you're doing. As as a cliche as it is, like, and I'm sure everyone says you got to love what you're doing, but it makes such a difference when you go and you enjoy the experience, you know, and you're not sure you can be nervous and you can be focused on what times you want to go. But at the end of the day, you're this is like, this is life. When you're walking out and your heart is pumping and you look up into the crowd and you see a massive crowd, like, this is what life is all about, just going and enjoying the experience. So. I got to ask you about the other uh, professional swimming focus, since not everything's all about the Olympics anymore. Proud, proud uh, London Roar member, but uh, potentially, you know, draft hasn't happened yet. What, um, mm. what are your thoughts on upcoming season of ISL? Is that an afterthought for right now because everything's all about trials coming up? Or have you thought about what, what uh, this season looks like? Uh, it is a little bit of an afterthought, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I, in Australia, I think we're still a little, a little bit disadvantaged in the sense that our, like, it's hard for us because if we go away, we have to come back and we have to spend two weeks in a hotel. So, and the way the season is set out for ISL, obviously we're racing in September and then we're coming back and then we're going again and then we're coming back. So there's a lot of rounds of quarantine for us. So I've got to kind of figure out um, what I want to do in that um, in that respect, but 
I think it's really exciting. I think the draft is really exciting. Um, obviously, gives a lot of swimmers a chance to you know put their na- put their name forward and be like you know pick me. I want to I want to be a part of this thing. And season one was so fantastic. You know, like I had an awesome experience part of the London Raw, and I'm a real team based guy. Um, it's something that I take into my training environment. Like I love to you know get everyone on the same level, everyone doing the same thing, kind of feeding off each other. So. I think that aspect of racing is fantastic. And it's something that I grew up on doing a lot of school swimming. Um, the school swimming in Melbourne, we obviously raced other schools for the first half of the year and led into this big championship. And, you know, it was such a team focus that you're swimming for your team, you get up for your team, you get up for your school kind of thing. So to be able to do that in a professional sense and, you know, have that team aspect of things, I think that actually really helps me in that first season. So knowing that we had the team behind me and I was kind of thinking to myself every time I race, like can't let the team down here. <laughs> so you'll get up and get up and go hard. How hard was that to miss out last season? Yeah, it was hard because I had such a good time in the first season. Um, and yeah, to watch and see, like it obviously changed a little bit as well. And they had that hub there. So um, yeah, it was tough, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's better to be safe and sorry going into an Olympics. Um, and I think that was um, the way Swimming Australia kind of handled that as well. Um, but seeing how seeing how that season played out um, and the way that ISL handled the bubble and everything, like from the outside looking in, do you think in retrospect, would you have preferred to go? Or do you think that was the right call? Um, I think, well, the way, they, the way it panned out, I think we definitely could have gone and been safe. But at the same time, like it, it was, a, it was still a huge risk for us, and the fact that we had to come back and spend, we, we still had to spend two weeks in a hotel doing nothing, you know. Yeah. So I think that's tough in itself, um, especially in the time of the year that they had to do that as well. It was kind of December, so we would have been ramping up as well. And you know, I, I don't regret missing out on it at all. So because it actually gave me an opportunity to put in a lot of work in the pool that I've never had an opportunity to do. Obviously, where we're always going away and racing, um, whether it be Worlds or Commonwealth Games or Olympics and stuff like that. So we're away for a long period of time just, you know, doing like kind of taper, taper-style workouts. Um, whereas I think the last year it gave me a really good opportunity to build a big endurance base, which is something I haven't done before. Um, and, you know, I pumped out a 145 at Queensland States in December last year, and I think that was definitely attributed to a lot of the endurance work and the aerobic work that I had done that year. So... By no means am I disappointed that I missed out because it gave me other opportunities. But yeah, you know, it's also a big thing to be a part of. What what swimmers, what Australian swimmers are we missing out of in the ISL? Like who's going to rip it up at trials and who should be in the ISL next next year that we haven't heard of? I think you're going to see a few young swimmers pump out some pretty good times. Um, oh, cool. Particularly like I went and did a couple of, well, Rich is good mates with uh, Damien Jones, uh, coach from Brisbane. He coaches Tommy Neal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a young, up-and-coming, middle-distance freestyler. And he is a gun. <laughs> he was, he's going to be good. So I think he's definitely one that could go to ISL and kind of tear it up there. Um, there's a couple of young girls that are coming through. Um, not sure by name. I, it's hard. Like I don't particularly take a lot of notice until you know they're right there next to me. So, yeah. but I only know Tommy because he's too unfriendly. I trained with him and he's, he was smashing me in the workouts. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. 
It's always good for the. It's always good to train with young kids because they just beat you up in the pool every single day because they can recover and it just. That's why I train with these guys. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, we got a few rapid fire questions to close for you, Alex. Yeah. What's the hardest race in swimming? I'm biased. I'd say 200 freestyle because it always hurts so much for me. But I've done a 200 backstroke long course, and that sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I agree. Like, where am I going? Oh, the legs. Oh. <laughs> Olympic gold, world record, or ISL MVP? Uh, Olympic gold. Tumble turn or flip turn? Tumble turn. Nicole Livingston or Rowdy Gaines? Nicole. Budgie Smuggler or Speedos? <laughs> Speedos. But, but you're a tier guy. Come on. <laughs> heats or prelims heats uh, does Cody Simpson make the Olympics not this year is Tier hooking up with a sweet Aussie colored racing suit <laughs> nah they've got some good colors maybe I should should uh, suggest it and put a green and gold but I'm going with other ones oh yeah uh, what time does it take to get an individual swim in the 200? For the Aussies? Yep. I reckon 1.45, 2. Okay, what about the 100? 148, 2. All right, and what does it take to get on the Olympic podium in the 200? 44, 5. That's quick. All right, I might as well ask it. What do you think it is for the 100? Oh, jeez. 47 low, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be an all 46 podium. We'll see. It's hard oh, to do 46 it. Yeah. 46 would be awesome. Happen. That'd be crazy. That would be all cool. Man. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Dude, thanks for hanging out. We're excited to see you race in a few days. It's a few days away. Yeah. Time to shave, man. Dude. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's been, as I said, it's been a long prep, so... <laughs> Just get me there. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. The, this is the fun part. Yeah, the, the training's the hard. Now, now you get to go have fun and watch it happen. So, cool. Thanks for hanging out, Alex. And, uh, no, that's thanks, God. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's it for this episode of the Social Kick Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Social Kick Podcast, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website at thesocialkick.com.